The Table 40 podcast with Matt and Leslie Holiday is presented by Sports Spectrum and the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more shows and stories on the intersection of sports and faith, check out sportsspectrum.com. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Table 40. And today, our special guest, um, he's most known for seven times father of the year, uh, back-to-back husband of the year, which will run by Gina to see if that's actually true. Um, he is known as One Five and his beautiful wife, Gina, Kevin and Gina Millar. We are happy to have you guys on. Uh, enjoyed. Uh, we just got to talk before we started the show, but thanks for coming on. Good to see you guys. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. So I've been sitting by the phone for the last two years. Matt and Les, you know, I've done this podcast that is blowing up and I'm sitting out there and I'm golfing. I probably just double bogeyed or three putted and I got the text. Would you come on the podcast? And I'm like, finally, finally, after all of these years and of all of the great interviews that you have done for intentional talk, I'm in. And the next text was, will Gina come on with you? And I said, yes. And so this is awesome, and I appreciate y'all having us. Yes, thanks for having us. Well, it, the reason for the delay, and we talked about this a little bit earlier before Gina came came up, is uh, we got a little embarrassed to ask you since we accidentally broke into your home during um, a COVID trip. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, we're those people, Gina, that broke into your house and oh. turned the alarm off and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's quite a story. Uh, I'll, I'll start it and let Kevin give his side. But basically, during COVID, we were like, which we, was frowned upon around here. Like, that was like the height of COVID where everyone thought, like, the world was going to all, like, anyways. So yeah. we just were like, let's go down to Austin and rent a house on the lake and, and just hang out and, and do lake stuff while everybody else is kind of locked in their house because we're outdoor people and we don't sit well. But anyways, so we go to Austin and I was all the gyms were closed down and, and uh, I was like, man, I need to work out. Like we had to find something. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to call Kevin and, and just see if maybe he has a gym in his, I know his house is, you know, he probably has a good setup. And, and so you were like, yeah, yeah, go on over. And so we go over to your house, which is in a show neighborhood. And you, I mean, it's, we're walking around. And so we go to the, to the, to the garage and you gave me the code to the garage and, and type in the code. And, and, and so the door comes up or whatever. And I'm like, uh, I don't remember what you like go on in and get some water or whatever so I open the door and the alarm goes off like crazy loud and I'm like oh no I'm like this is not good so I called you you didn't answer I'm like oh my gosh the cops are gonna be here any minute so I'm on your like dial and I'm, I'm like one five one five enter one five one five one five enter like I'm trying I'm like surely his code is one five and because all of ours are your numbers yeah, and, for everything. Well, yeah. Look at his hat. Like it says one five. Like literally everything in his life is one five. So finally you called me back. I was panicked, but I was like, man, oh my gosh, the, like the cops are going to come. This is going to be embarrassing. But thankfully we, I got the alarm off. And uh, so we, we were at your house. And uh, ironically, ironically to this story, we have locked our house. I mean, I've set the alarm probably five times in 10 years. And when Maddie said, I was in Scottsdale, Arizona, golfing, Maddie's like, hey, you got Jim around? I'm like, dude, 100%. I mean, I got some, I got some weight because Matt's got big arms. You know, he's got way bigger arms than a lot of guys. And he's got beautiful forearms. And I've always had a forearm envy because I, I, I'm a forearm connoisseur. And so I said, yeah, I got some good dumbbells over there and a bench press and a couple curls. You're good. Go in there. Make yourself at home. My house is your house. There's, he asked. You said. There's no alarms, right? And I said, no, 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 you're good, bro. We don't know. We're, we're, this is, come on, it's Texas. Everybody leaves their keys in their car. And sure enough, this happened, and the alarm was set. And that, that had to be one of the funniest stories. I forgot who I was with, but I was telling a story. like, you'll never, you're never going to, you never, I can, I can imagine. Like, the alarm goes off, the cops are coming. Like, oh, my God, uh, yeah, I'm just a buddy here doing some arms. <laughs> yeah, I'm just here <laughs> to lift a little. I didn't, I'm not breaking into their house. Where were we? I think was that was that during like when COVID had just hit. Yes, I think y'all. Yeah. So we quarantined in Squat 
Scottsdale. We didn't, yeah. when we left, we didn't know how long we were going to be gone. So I think we finally set the alarm for once. Five weeks we were there. And just but said, I was right, embarrassed I because like yeah. our gym is not like a fancy home gym. Oh, Gina, that's like it's, the golds in there. Are it's you like me? all like full of cobwebs and like leaves and stuff like in the garage. I'm like, wait, why does he want to use that gym? It's so bad. I didn't know where else to go. Like literally all the gyms were closed. I didn't know what to do. Like that was like at the, the heightened where, you know, like a public gym was like, the worst place you could be so I, I didn't know what to do so i oh. a handshake a handshake was the worst yeah. place you could be everybody's going elbows i'm like what are we what happened yeah yeah go to our gym and then yeah. next time don't run a house come stay with us okay? <laughs> that's right that's right that's right i want to use your boat i want to go wake surfing on the back of your all boat of too all of it yeah i'm the fake yeah. rich guy down here but i got all the fun toys but i got 1800 left in the checking account so everything's fine <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, well, how did you guys meet? I would love to hear this story because you've been married a while, got a couple kids, been through mm -hmm. some things. How did you guys meet? How'd this start? You have the good memory. I have the good memory. Okay. Um, well, basically, he was in Beaumont, Texas, because he came there to play baseball in college at Lamar University. And I'm from Beaumont. Um, I wasn't I was at Texas AM when he was at Lamar, but my best friend. It's like fifth grade um, and his college roommate um, got married and they actually set us up as the bridesmaid and the groomsmen to walk down the aisle together. So I always tell people the first time we met, we walked down the aisle, <laughs> but we hung out at the reception and he was in town for another week and hit it off. And But I was coming in hot. I was late because I had Florida State League. Mm -hmm. And I was coming in, and they, I missed the rehearsal dinner. So, you know, here I am in this wedding. And, of course, what's the first question a guy asks your buddy that's getting married? Hey, dude, are there any hot chicks? <laughs> Does Joe, do you have any hot chicks? You know, I'm in the big leagues. I'm making $912 a month for the Brevard County Manatees. You're in the minor league. In the minor league, Florida State League. So, now I've I got my Marlins gear on. <laughs> I've got my 93-step side truck with my Marlins sticker. I'm show. I am show. I'm going to the show, right? And I come in, and I, I mean, it had to be a few hours before the wedding. You got there. We were like, yeah. It, I think I stayed back with the bride, and we were basically like lining up to walk down the aisle when we met. And I was like, there was this country singer that's a good friend of ours, Zona Jones from this area, Texas country. And he had this song called Two Hearts, One Love. And he was playing um, at the wedding and so that was the song that we were going to walk down the aisle to so I run over there and introduce myself and he's like okay what do we do I go when it says two hearts one love that's when we go that's our I was nervous and you know I'm I'm coming I'm in the show right frosted tips. Show. frosted tips were in probably had a little bit of a small little no, beer no he had vanilla ice lines and he had an earring oh what like, no, <laughs> LA boy, I'm like, Wait, oh, what? Like, I, I apologize. I type my type. I'm more into the Cowboys. And um... <laughs> there's the punk kid from LA here. Yeah, he nice. had the full vanilla ice look going on. <laughs> Which obviously, what happened? Did you Somehow like that? Worked that's, out. that's weird, babe. I didn't realize he had that bad taste. So yeah, no, his makes personality won me over. <laughs> that's a really funny story. <laughs> so how long were y'all together, and then? how long before you got married or engaged it was cool because we met there obviously you know we had a great night it's fun you know wedding then all of a sudden um you know like what do you do now i'm driving home right from florida state league to all the way to los angeles so i'm like hmm uh so like hey you want to come out to la you know and she had never been out there and so i don't think i'd ever been on an airplane Fort acres texas Fort acres <laughs> texas look it up boys and girls so I'm like, yeah. So she came out and we, we had a great time. And I guess that's, then, then we started dating in 95 and we, uh, you know, kind of went up the, the ranks together in the minor leagues. And I'll tell you this, Maddie, and you, and you could, you could understand this, uh, in 1997, not bragging or anything, but I won a batting title for the Portland Sea Dogs. Okay. And, you know, as an undrafted dude to win that, that's kind of what put you on the map, even though I probably was like six years old, double A. I was like the Crash Davis playing against state young year olds. But I always told her, I said, babe, you have a batting title, you're a keeper. Because if I'd have hit 180 and got released, I yeah, probably had a keeper. We might not have been married. <laughs> he proposed to me after that season. Um, yeah. Then 90. you went away to winter ball too. And we didn't see each other for several months and it was Christmas. And 
um, I was in shock. I was very shocked that he proposed, but it was a bat. So like it was wrapped in a, you know, wrapped up Christmas present. And he's like, come on, I oh, want you to open yes. a present. I know. And I, you know, he, he won the batting title. So I'm pulling what's clearly a bat out of the box. I'm pulling out. I'm like, oh, how cool. He's going to give me a little memorabilia from the season, like with his stats, I guess, because he won the batting title. And in the end, there's a hole cut out and my ring was in it. And it said, Gina, will you marry me? And uh, what? what was funny about that, it's uh, you took it out the other night to show somebody. It's probably in the garage Sorry. downstairs. But anyway, <laughs> he, uh, he spelled my name wrong on the back. So true story, last true story. Two ends, it's only one end. My name is spelled funny anyway, because it's Gina, but it's J-E-A-N-A. And so he's had it spelled J-E-A-N-N-A. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. But he played it off like it was huh? Somebody else did it. It wasn't my fault. Yeah, he played it off like it was the bat company's fault, but I don't know. I'm not too sure about that because a lot of people, I mean, they felt like they got it right if they just got the JEA part, you know? <laughs> yeah, they, they were home free. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. That's amazing. I know. He's so like running you, around good trying to find the bat. Oh, that's really funny. So when you guys were dating in the minor, did you travel a lot up there back and forth to see? You know, we tried to not go more than like two months, but I was in college still. I, you know, I was 21 when we met and I was on that seven year plan. <laughs> just, lock, just, just lock into all of it real quick. There's the ring spot right there. So the romantic. Double, the double N, wrong, wrong spelling. Back to you, Dottie. <laughs> yeah so anyway we just tried not to uh go more than two months but I was still in college so I was going around a college schedule and sometimes just I think I dropped out one fall to go with him to Dominican because we're like this is just too long after the summer then he was gone for the winter so yeah we had a lot of long distance relationship so let's talk about so you you didn't get drafted so you start out of junior college you transfer um to Lamar and then you didn't get drafted and how, so I mean that's you played independent ball I mean that's pretty incredible like to end up having the career that you had talk to me a little bit about just kind of your baseball journey and like like how that all unfolded you know what Matty it was honestly got I mean I had five chances to get drafted in the 80th round back then and that was a senior in high school in Los Angeles uh you know University High School in LA but I wasn't a draftable type kid. I was a late bloomer, you know, still had acne as, as a senior and, you know, whatever. So I went to junior college at LA city junior college, inner city type junior college, um, right there, kind of near, near USC really. It's about a mile and a half down the street from there. So went there to play. A lot of my buddies were going to UCLA, Arizona, you know, stuff like that, but I want to play. And so I played two years there, didn't get drafted. That was the second year is when I started getting a little stronger. Like, you know, now finally I could probably get 225 off my chest where I wasn't that kid in high school that I can get 225 off my chest. And so I started uh, getting just a little stronger, had a nice year. And randomly the Lamar University, you know, coach was there and I, he asked me to go on a recruiting trip. I've never been off a recruiting trip. So I called my dad. I didn't know where Beaumont, Texas was. And we flew out there and literally loved it. But I loved the family atmosphere, the high school football game we went to the I've never seen that you know I lived a, as a kid in LA it's a busy life it's a concrete jungle you're at the, you know you're running around it's not like Texas and Beaumont and people were like what are you doing here from Los Angeles but I gravitated to the like the love of the people the accents the kindness stuff mm-hmm. that you didn't have growing up you know in society and you know in a, in a big city so I played there two years, loved every bit of it, never got drafted. So from that, I went to the Northern League, which is an independent league in St. Paul Saints, Minnesota. It was owned by Bill Murray, Marv Goldclaim, and literally had to go up there and try out for that. Made it the last day, and only because I didn't have any pro ball experience. But Leon Durham was on that team. And so I ended up rooming with him in a, in a one-bedroom apartment with two other guys and making $600 a month. And so played that year. Then the Marlins bought my contract out with two other players. And how that works, Ray Odonia's 
defected that year and a guy named Eddie Orpesa from Cuba. Ray Ordonez got 125,000 from the Mets and Eddie Orpesa got like 60,000 from the Phillies. They bought us out the Marlins for 5,000 for three players, our center fielder, a pitcher, and myself. And so we got 25% of that uh, deal, or I think the Saints got that. And then basically my signing bonus might've been like 900 bucks. So I was joking around. I, I went straight to Beaumont and took out my college buddies to Outback Steakhouse. And I was like, I got this dog, I'm loaded. I just got, you know, and, I, and that's when the journey started really. And it, and it, you know, it was a, it's a battle always when you're undrafted and that's fine. But like I said, the big year in 97 was, was the really the year that put me on the map. Marlins won the world series. They dismantled the team and Jim Leland that year, I won player of the year in the minor leagues. So that really gave me an opportunity to go into spring training my first year. So that was pretty cool. Uh, and from there, you know, got set down, then you play that game. And then I went back up and Derek Lee, you know, and guys and stayed up there since, you know, from the 90, the 99 year, full year. That's awesome. You know, that's, that's a fascinating journey. And I'm curious, I, I don't know, like we're parents of teenage sons and, and, you know, a lot of their friends are, have been disappointed because they, their journey didn't go quite like they thought it would. And, you know, you're trying to encourage them. Um, but I don't know, I, I guess, my question is, is what kind of things did you tell yourself? Because I think that that's, that's just so unbelievable that mental toughness that you had to have had to say, no, you know, I'm going to keep doing this. And this isn't quite what I, I thought I should do, or didn't think that this would be my path, but I'm going to keep moving forward. I don't know. Just seems like people quit a little too early these days and they don't, they don't have that. I mean, I hate to use the word grit because it's so overused, but it is a, it is a good word. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you just to, so the thing, and, and, and Matt knows, like, this game will break you. It makes you cry. Uh, there's many nights you cry. I don't care what guys say. You sit in your room and you cry. You, you, you're trying to figure it out and understand it and wondering what, have you lost it? But at that, the dream, and that's what I always get on my kids, you have to have a dream. that You can't stand around and hold these devices and stare at Snapchat and the constant social media world that we live in what's your dream? My dream was to play in the big leagues. That, that was since I was a little kid. That's all I want to do. A thousand times you were asked, what are you going to do if it doesn't work out? I'm going to play in the big leagues. What are you going to do if it doesn't work? I want to play in the big leagues. I didn't have a backup plan. Mm -hmm. And if I didn't play in the big leagues, I probably would have gone into being a, you know, a police officer or a firefighter, <clears throat> something like that. I've always, you know, been intrigued and, you know, that, that kind of a feel, but that wasn't even an inkling in my brain. And, Every scout that says no, every, you know, I did think I could dr get drafted in the 40th, fifth round with the Astros my junior year in college. That might've been my first year. I thought I, you know, could have been a draftable dude just late, late, late. Cause I didn't really have any of the tools that get drafted size or power or arm strength. So I understood that. And I've always been honest with myself, but I knew one thing that I had a dream to play in the big leagues and nothing was going to stop me from that. So that's what I try to focus on with kids and like, guys, when I'm talking to high school kids or whoever, I, I'm a normal guy. I said, I was six foot, probably exactly 71 and a half inches, which is under six foot. <laughs> I had terrible speed. Uh, you know, I could hit a fastball, but I just, I love the game. And so kids have the opportunity to do whatever they want. And you could play in the big leagues. I don't care what scouts say. We get labeled and compared to the greatest in the world, Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> You're Matt Holliday's. I mean, not everybody's six foot four. And, and I'm not, I'm saying this in a kind, but like you, you're an animal, right? So how do you look at a kid like Dustin Bedroya and say that you're not going to win an MVP, right? So that's what that, that's what this game is so awesome because Jose Altuve, Mookie Betts, Josh Donaldson, these guys are little dudes that dominate at a high level. You don't, you could be your size, which is awesome. You can be short, but my whole thing was, I didn't want to stray from that plan. And I never did. And even through the, the failures and the bad times of the game and the happiness, I wanted to play in the big leagues. And I think playing a winter ball and playing in the independent league and all the bus rides, but it gave me the appreciation every single moment I was there. I appreciate it every day. And I understood how valuable it was to have a Jersey hanging in your locker where that's where I try to see these kids these days, sometimes at big league levels, like appreciate every day that jersey's hanging. Stop 
stop moaning about the plane was late or my shoes weren't clean. Yeah. Appreciate that jersey hanging. It's a blessing every day because it, it, it goes like this, man. And you know, right now you played, what, 15 years, 16 yeah. years, whatever you played. But think about it. You could blink your eyes and go, holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like another lifetime. It does. You know, um, my friend, Carol Berkman is a good friend of mine. And, she, and anyway, Lance quit playing a couple years before uh, Matt did. And she's like, oh my gosh, it feels like a lifetime ago. And she's like, mm -hmm. sometimes like, it never really happened. And I thought, that's weird. And then, <laughs> and then that's true. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so true. And it just hasn't been that long for you. Mm -hmm. But it does. It feels like a lifetime ago for sure. But All it's right. funny. I will say I will say this real quick. The life after baseball that we don't know while you're a baseball player. Yeah. I was very fearful of what the cliff that falls after that because that's all I loved and my my teammates. I love going to the field. I love joking around. I love the card games. I love everything about playing in the big leagues. You know. So I'm like, wow. What like? And Steve Young kind of helped me out one year. We're doing this charity for Children's Miracle Network and. He said, you know, you're going to, you're going to be sad, but there's a great life. There's another phase of life, right? Now you get to be a daddy. You get to take your kids to the school and we've never done that, right? Moms and moms, you guys are warriors. You guys do everything. We get to go play and act like we're working. We're not working. Yeah. We got to get to the field to hit early. No, we get the field to play tickle buddy, you know, and, and with their buddies. And then maybe the kids were crying. All right, baby, I got, I got early work, you know, like, where am I going to go glove? No, I'm really but that's where you guys, the support system that you guys have, the great ones that, you know, it's huge. Yeah. And, that, well, and that's why now I'm like, go to the golf course. I get it. Like <laughs> you need your guy time. You're he's so used to that. It's his routine. Like he, you know, wants to go there and have his camaraderie time with the men and talk about whatever they talk about. And, you a cup know, of coffee in the morning, drop a daughter off and then, you like, know, go. Some, you know, wives will try to battle that. And I'm like, why battle it? Like, this is all they've known for so long. Go mm -hmm. get your time because then you're going to come home happier, relaxed, <laughs> ready to, you know, uh -huh. meet the day with the kids. So anyway. But being a daddy's awesome. And that's one thing I stress to guys, you know, like Lackey got out of the game about four years ago, you know, Jake area, they're all on our street. I got Buck Colts right next door to me and the Jake and John are a few street or a few houses down, but you know, Hey, life's great. You, you'll learn it. You don't know it, but being a dad and being, you know, a normal guy, it, it, it's really, it's really, you, you forget what you've missed out on. You didn't even know we had lakes, right, Maddie? We were on July 4th, we're playing baseball. You didn't even know there was a July 4th, like you could hang out and get in the water. <laughs> That's really funny. Speaking of that, we should come down there July 4th. I don't know where we are, but I think we're in. Florida. I've seen how y'all do July 4th, and we should come down there. <laughs> Or come down the well, yeah. week after July 4th. Usually when you live on the lake, you don't go out on the holidays, right? Because yeah. you're used to going out just when it's, you can go out there and hang out. But it is, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's great. All right, Gina. So what was the biggest transition when when the day came and you find, I mean, I have so many, my mind's going a million miles an hour because I, I, I'm, I'm love, I love learning from y'all. But what was the biggest transition um, when he did retire for you guys and your marriage? And like, what advice would you give a wife that is experiencing this right now? Hmm. Great question. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I guess like what I just said, I um, understood that it was a huge transition for him. And so I guess like allowing him that space and that time to be able to still have with the guys and not just expecting him to come into the role of full-time dad, like nonstop, not really knowing what that looked like and, you know, just still needing to fill that void of having his man time, you know? So I, you know, tried my best, I think probably you would say not to battle that, you know, because it was something he needed in that time, you know, to transition. And um, I always said like, he knows nothing else. I don't know what he's gonna do. I'm like, I was really worried, but he did a great job too, like getting right into the role of, you know, wanting to go to all the kids games and wanting to drive, you know, I'm not the early bird he is. So it really worked out that I could start sleeping in again and he could, he could drive our daughter to school, which everybody loves to see like his little videos with her singing every morning. And I'm like, 
poor thing when I drive her to school. It's a totally different thing. It's like silence. I'm in my PJs. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not awake yet. But yeah, I guess just mostly like allowing them to have that time, you know, to to still be with the men and be with the boys and you know the competitiveness though that we yeah, that, that you're used to right? that edge, whatever that, that is edge. mine was golf I I, I I you know you start off as a million handicap and then but that's all that was like i'm always a homebody uh i'm you know i've been labeled my whole life i'm a fake drinker you know we're just but the golf scene that like i got to it and i never golf when i played I didn't know golf. I just, we had a golf course here and we just joined. And then I'm like, all right, you started the 20 handicap and you go to 18. So now it's that. And that's what, you sure. know, you meant, right. Yeah. That, yeah. that can, what, what am I going to do now? Like yeah. we're wired differently, Maddie. Like, you know, we're the batter's box for a second when you're up there late kicking, going deep on a breaking ball. That's what you did. Yeah. And then now what now? Okay, great. Now you're mentoring kids and helping and build their confidence and the same stuff that we needed when we were, 19 thinking oh god the sky is falling mm-hmm. yeah but that's funny. all you've done is compete since you know you were a kid that you've been playing this game and you've competed your entire life so mm-hmm. you know that kind of gave him that competitive edge yeah. where you know use that energy mm-hmm. i guess that's good yeah it's funny we there's three or four of us former athletes around here and we play pickleball two on two <laughs> and it's heated like it's <laughs> We can't wait. Like, we try to find times like uh, we have a group text. I'm like, can we can we fit it in today? And we go and we have a barn and then we play it in the barn. And it's like we can play for an hour and we get after it. And we have like we change the rules a little bit. So and pick. I don't know if you play much pickleball, but if you catch a body, it's two points no matter when it happens. So if you hit somebody at any time, it's two points. So it's it's fast. No, it's, it's, it's not the dink. Uh, little dink ball that you might see in, in a little bit of older pickleball. It's it's fast, and we try to hit each other, but that's where we feel feel our competitiveness is so basketball good. and pickleball, and and that's that's like you said, you try to fill that void that it's hard to fill. Like when you competed all your life, and and every day uh-huh. is, is a battle and a grind, and you want to compete, and then all of a sudden it's over. And it's like, wow, I wish I'd enjoyed that a little more. You know, I think yes. Sometimes we we get so focused on on the the next result event. oriented. That's all we yeah. are, right? You just like ah, yeah, yeah. I think too, like one of the things that I miss the most when Matt quit playing was just the friends that are built in, like the wives on the teams and all of that stuff. I think mm-hmm. that to me was was my biggest transit. I guess transition was like where are all my where are all my buddies? Well. Jenny Wainwright's still in St. Louis and who knows Adam may play for another 25 years I don't know but it's just yeah. like you know I mean like she's there everybody's so spread out everyone's yeah. so spread out and you know all your friends are are just all over and that to me was was really really difficult when Matt finished playing but um who were some That's of y'all thing. friends in the in the league like who are your people um well I mean I my people I had some really amazing women that have been on a couple. I was lucky to have some good girls and um, probably number one would be um, Katie Walker, the Walkers, Todd Walker and Katie Walker. Um, then there was like the Heisdus, Adam and Julie Heisdu. He was an up and down player, but super close with them. You know, um, you know Adam, right? Yeah. Big, strong dude. Julie Wright, Jared and Julie Wright. Um Catherine Nixon. Yeah, it's like you go back to the. Oh my gosh, the Redmonds. Yeah, you the know, Red the Marlins. Like Mike, Mike Redmond and, and, and uh, his wife and uh, Michelle. Mike Lowell. Mike Lowell. And Bertha. Bertha. Oh my gosh, yes. So it's like you know, each team, right? You get mm-hmm. two or three, and and I always said, why why can't we do this? Why don't we like? You have that beautiful barn. When he says barn, by the way, he meant to say like show barn, like really show <laughs> barn, like this, like. <laughs> Port Acres barn, like this is like he showed me the picture barn. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's not a so, barn. I don't know what else to call it. It's a big man shed, like it's a basketball yeah. gym slash playground Turf slash gorgeous yeah. slash yeah, yeah like really there's, there's no horse poop in it. Or, you know, it's not. No, but I said, why can't we all live next door to each other? Like, you ever thought like all yeah. the twenty days that you played with that are like buddies, and you know, ones in Colorado, or then ones in LA, and ones in Texas, ones in New York, and you're like. Why can't we buy like a hundred acres and everybody has a five acre little yeah. plot? And like, all right, Maddie, yeah. Gus, are you barbecuing tonight? Okay, <laughs> then tomorrow night we got Gina's cooking tacos, and then 
Hey, Adam. Yeah. What are you, what do you guys got? Oh yeah. yeah, they're gonna do salmon like, and just play. Be amazing. Be amazing. Right? Mm -hmm. be amazing so do, you have any, do you have any room over there in oklahoma yes you guys are welcome we uh and we're even going on vacation like we we've always thought like if we could get like 10 of our favorite former teammates and we could all just find five days to go to somewhere it doesn't even matter where you know and just meet up and hang out and laugh austin and, the ranch that's kind of we been like we've already done it let's do it you get five i'll get five and we'll just everybody's awesome, awesome. And we'll just barbecue steaks and play uh maybe i'll get a pickleball court by then there we go there we go. It's now intense. we're talking. It's intense. All right, let's talk about let's talk about parenting a little bit. And you guys have kids, and and uh, you talked about it a little bit earlier about your boys and like advice you give your kids. And and what are what are some of the things like you talked about earlier? I, I think that's great about put your devices down and and dream about what you want to do. And you know what are some of the things you guys are doing to raise kids that that you could help young parents? We have a lot of young you know ball players that listen mm -hmm. to this that have young kids and. What are some effective things that you guys have seen in raising kids that are now in the teenage years? I'll tell you what, it, it, it's the toughest times right now as a parent, right? Uh, there's a lot of effort that you have to put in. So I think once you're a parent, like be a parent. Mm -hmm. And what I, what that means is that not to stick an iPad, we know we're all, you know, it's mom and dad, we kind of get cranky. We need a break and here you go. But how many times you go out to dinner and look over and there's a family of five or family of four or whatever it is. And everybody is staring at their phone and the four-year-old might be over there watching a movie or, the, you know, whatever it is. And I'm not here to judge, but I know one thing that's a, I'm a big, like she's amazing. She cooks dinner every single night. We eat as a family as much as we can amongst schedules. If that's a Monday night that we can all be together in our own practices, we're eating as a family. We're going to pray together as a family. Uh, and I think that's important. We don't do that enough. And I'm, I'm kind of mean at that point when I don't want to see the phone. Mm -hmm. and, and, and my kids know when I'm walking or they hear these flip-flops down the road, they better not have that phone. Because it, it bothers me. It, it, it takes away too much time. And I promise you there's a time for the phone, right? We all go use the restroom at some point. We, we all want a little 30-minute break, right, in, in, in the bedroom for a second to go just check your emails or look at the kid snap, whatever. I get that. I don't need it in your hands 24 seven. You know, right now I want you to listen to your sister's day or listen to mommy's day or listen to dad's day. So I think the biggest thing is find a way to eat together, but no devices. And that goes for her and I, you know, and she'll remind me and I'll remind her and phones go in the interruption. Door. Your focus is not, you know, where it needs to be and spending that moment together, you know, that Gosh, with high school schedules for sure. It's like, we used to do it like five nights a week. Now it's like we're lucky if we get to do it two or three nights a week. You know, and sometimes it's just eating out after a game too. But you know, but enjoy your time. time. And that's the yeah. advice I'd say: like enjoy these moments because it happens so fast. And we've always been told that before we had kids. And you, y'all, been told that before y'all had kids. And then you're sitting there like, yeah, right. Get them out. Oh my god, I can't wait. No, yeah. it's like we get sad. And I, I wasn't a big crier. And now I cry American Idol. I'm like, this is a great story. And then I'll let my boys look over like, dad, and like, hey, I'm getting soft at 50. I don't know what it is, but I cry now. And I mean, I, 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 I get emotional and I know these times are important. And, you know, and how can we impact this younger generation that has a tough time shaking a hand, looking somebody in the eye? Yeah, that's one thing we've always made them do since little. When we introduce you to somebody, you shake their hand, you look them in the eye, say nice to meet you. Through COVID. I said, we're not of a handshake. God's ready for us. We're shaking hands. We're not elbowing. We're not, not we're not knuckling. We're going to hug and we're going to shake hands. And if it's our time, it's our time. But that's something I think that's, you know, just the, just the family stuff that I think people take for granted because we're so worried about responding to that text message or text chain or checking an email. We're always so immediate. Like, why? So right. we don't get back that text message in two hours. What happens? No big deal. Yeah. We're okay. Yeah, that's good. That That's that's encouraging to me. That's kind of the mentality I've had lately because Jackson, our oldest one, is graduating in May. And and in the Bible, I think it's in Psalms, it talks about just there's wisdom and number in your days and just slowing down your life. Like realize how fleeting this whole thing is and and um, really be present and, and know that this day really matters. And so that's sort of how I've been, especially this year, right? Because when you start to see um, things 
are inevitably going to change, you know, come May or when the draft or whatever, it, it's going to look a lot different for our family, right? When the oldest one leaves and, um, but my two younger ones keep telling me, they're like, mom, you know, you do have other children. And so <laughs> like, this focus on Jackson's got to stop, you know, I'm like, I know, I know. And so my daughter's like actually looking forward to it secretly. She's like, when he's out of the house, I'm going to get so much more attention. <laughs> but so I do think there's, it's wise, like as parents, like, why do we do that? Where we, we go way too, we, we just don't stay present, you know, and it's such a gift to be able to really like put your phones down and enjoy it really does happen fast i mean as you guys know like jackson amidst i mean he's he's about to graduate high school and it's just like last night we were just like wow it's happened how are, are we old enough to have a kid that's this <laughs> i know like, i'm like god 26 right yeah, it's happened fast like <laughs> We're like, we're like our parents now. I, I, said, I didn't I know like, we could get that age. We tell her, I was like, are we old, you guys? Like, I'm 50. I'm like, God, my kids are, yeah, dad, you're pretty old. Like, and I'm thinking I'm cool. Like, hey, yeah. guys, let's go in the RV. We'll go get ice cream. And, and I'm like, man, they look at me like, I'm the old man. <laughs> Dang it. So how did that, I know. It's like, how did this happen? I got great chest hair. I mean, yeah, geez. <laughs> great hair. This is, I mean, this is the, uh, just for men. It, goes, <laughs> well, it, just, it just grows too quick, though. I wish it would stay just a little longer. <laughs> At least you have hair still, you know. <laughs> Gina, what were you going to say? I was going to say another thing that we've preached big to our kids, and you've been big in that too, is always being a leader. And you know it's right and wrong. And, you know, especially in your faith and your walk with God. And we're like, you know, it's important for you to be a leader. People are watching you. People look up to you. You know, um, they have a name, unfortunately, not unfortunately, it is fortunate, but, you know, people are watching because here's the Millar kids and how are they behaving? And, you know, people look up to you. And so we've always like preached that you have a name to hold up and, um, you know, and also your faith and your belief in, you know, God too, that that has to lead you and lead your day and your decisions and show others what that looks like, you know. She does an amazing job with that because, you know, in this world, the last three years and all of the, you know, opinions that everybody has and left and right, and who cares at the end of the day, where's the love, where's the kindness that we had for people? I don't care if you voted blue, red, or blue. it's no one's business and how that became everybody's business. Mm -hmm. And who cares? I never even. It's look, funny how the kids in politics, high school talk like, about it. And it's a big yeah. deal. And they come home and I'm like, that's enough. That has nothing to do with anything. No. Doesn't mean anything. Mm -hmm. You lead. And that's going to be some tough choices, right? Ninth grade, 10th grade, drugs, vaping, whatever the stuff that goes drinking, on, yeah. drinking, the first beer. And I've always, you know, that's always a question. And people, we've had parents ask us, you let your kids drink yet? And I'm like, to be honest with you, and I'm not saying this naively, but no, our kids aren't even there yet. You know, I'll, uh, I'll ask them if they want to sip my white claw. I'm like, no, dad, I'm like, you know, then they'll take a sip. Oh my God. I said, just when you're ready and that time comes, I want to do it with you. And I want you to know, is it two beers? Because your dad was a, a lightweight. You know, and yeah. I was a two beer guy and I get rosy cheeks. You know, you want to know if you go to a party, you don't even have to throw some fresco in that red solo cup. Fake it. Fake drink. Your dad's the king of that because, you know, you, you know, these guys, these pitchers, that's all they do is drink. I'm like, I can't drink. I wanna, I'd rather coke on ice. They're checking your fresco. Yeah. You know, like, oh, I know. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I get it. You're six six and you're a pro. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Okay. So. It's, you know, it's just a tough time. And, and, and the big thing, like I said, is, is, is faith. And as is, is cool as that doesn't look sometimes because we're in that world that, hey, just be yourself. That's cool. Be yourself. Mm -hmm. You better fear somebody, though. You better fear somebody. That's what we've lost. We've lost, like, what do you, you know, at, what are you fearing? Like, you just can't just be there and just think today I'm allowed to do that. No, no, you have. There's a rules that we have to follow and we know those rules. Now it's your job to implement those when mom and dad's eyes aren't on you. Mm -hmm. And that's the, as parents, right? Once they walk out that door, yeah. you just got to feel good about, Hey, they know what's right and wrong. Yeah. Do, are all of your kids leaders naturally? Um, I feel like, yeah. You know, it's, it, yeah, it's an extent. It's funny, you know, cash our first one, uh, He's more like me, you know, thinks he's probably a little better than he is. You know what I'm saying? So he's got that, he's got that pejoria type, you know, like, oh, 
oh, he's got it, right? He's a little guy, second baseman, kind of like that kind of player. Then you got Canyon, who's probably got the ceiling that you have, and just kind of the sweetest kid in the world and would rather lose to the underprivileged kid because that's probably the right thing to feel. And I'm waiting for him to get that hair in his arm to kind of, yeah. oh, son, now it's time to kind of, we can lock it in, but he's a great kid, but people gravitate to him, right? Because of his, he's got a very kind heart and, and so I think, uh, and then our daughter, Kylie, who's Cash's twin, she's uh, a good girl. She's a tennis player, but very, very, you know, they call them the God squad at school, whatever it is. But it, I love the group of kids and girls and, you know, teenage girls, it's a whole different ballgame. That's where I kind of lean to mom, right? As far as things change, right? And Do y'all have a FCA there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's yeah. one of the leaders for, okay. for, you know, our school and the FCA and stuff. And she's, so strong in her face she's really yeah wise beyond her years i'm like wow <laughs> it gets me choked up but i'm yeah. like if i would have known the things that that girl knows now gosh yeah. you know we'd all be in a better place but she um they're all like leaders and that people look up to them you know and i i feel like you know all four of them yeah, they, they, they are, you know, I mean, there's their influences, right? There's the cool kid, the loud kid, the more advanced kid. The, and I just got to bring the boys back. Come here. That ain't it, boys. Okay. Trust me. You and know? the youngest one tries to run the show. You know what's cool? <laughs> it ain't it, it, it ain't cool getting caught vaping in the bathroom, use an example, because that's like the big topic of, as far as the new stuff that I don't even know what the hell it is, but you have to, right? I'm like, what the hell is that? I just, you know, okay, <laughs> great. That, yeah. I'm like, what? what what is that stuff that everybody's like it's so stupid but it you know that's not it what's cool is being you know sweet to your siblings and caring for people and helping somebody that's underprivileged that's not the least quarterback for the team it's okay to open the door for the kid that might have been picked last like your dad in soccer or something <laughs> like that you know yeah. But uh, it's just constantly reminders on that right and we all need it and we all need it but it starts with faith and I think she's a remarkable job of leading our family that direction because you know well he just said that because i i we made the decision to homeschool them so i have we pulled them out um i think cash and kylie were finished third grade and canyon had finished first grade and um we pulled them out and homeschooled them so i kind of led that (laughs) and that was for like five and a half years and my big you know reason for doing that was just to be able to instill a faith in them and um, every day doing like a Bible study and just really learning the truths, you know, and, and about life and what's right. And just that you can't get by going to school and the time that's spent at school that they're away from you and the influences that they're you get getting, to raise your you kids. know, you get to actually influence them and teach them how you want to teach them. And, um, you know, and then make them ready to stand strong on their own and have that solid foundation and now walking in back into school they went back in in middle school like in the middle of middle school and you know they're number one they 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 have a strong foundation and number two I mean they they are behind you know what everybody else is doing because they weren't in that when everybody started doing it and you know they know what that looks like from the outside and that you know we're not going to make those decisions and those aren't things that we're supposed to do so Anyway, that's why he says that because of the time. Yeah, I mean, I it's said. not for everybody, right? Homeschooling, our we, we were blessed to be able to do it. If you were able to do it, I would say do it. It's pretty awesome to see because you don't realize you drop your kid off at school at eight in the morning, right? You get them home at 3.30 or whatever it is, but you don't get a chance to see them. They come home, they do homework, and then they got, you know, something, and then maybe an hour with the friends, and then all of a sudden there's a bath and you brush your teeth, you're back up. So if you think about that, like that's a lot of time away from you, and when you have a chance to homeschool, it was the coolest thing ever and tough, tough, tough for the mommy that's homeschooling, but pretty awesome to see the results as now when they go back into school. Yeah, they are a little behind on the girlfriend and boyfriend. You know, my, my six-year-old's got his I'm first like, girlfriend ever. I mean, you know, it's like <laughs> last week. So now we're like, oh, shoot. Now it's like, you know, <laughs> he, he hands. And they had a 20-hour bet. He and his sister, you know, who's going to get the first kiss? Uh, you know, and they're 16. And they, this is the first, like, they pet kiss. And I'm like, it's cool. Great. You know, yeah. it's because it happens so fast this world. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I think as far as 
you know, our Christian faith goes, if when we have the opportunity to share with our kids, like, this is why I believe the way that I believe, like, this is, this is why I'm attaching myself to Jesus. And I'm swinging into eternity on the promises that are in scripture. And, you know, I think that it's really important for parents, um, to take the time to sit down with the kids that God's blessed us with and say, look, there's, there's a reason why I am pledging my allegiance to Jesus Christ. And so instead of just saying, oh, we don't do this because it's bad or whatever. Like, I, I think like it is wise if there are parents listening to this, that, that are Christians and desire to raise their family with Christian principles. I, I think we really do have to take the time to do what you did and, and with, with your kids and, and be very intentional about um, about giving them the why behind the faith, you know. And I, I think uh-huh. so often we just get so busy and and we don't take the time to to do that. And I think that that's why your kids are able to walk in back into an environment and feel very strongly about you know why they do what they do. And your daughter leading FCA and like she's proud to be a believer because of the way she's raised at home. And they trust y'all and. Um, that's, this is so encouraging for me because that's what we also try to do with, with our kids is like, I don't want them to just be, I don't want them to say that they're Christians just because they don't want to get in trouble with me, Matt. I want them to say they're Christians because they know why, you know, and Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's important to, because I'm sure that was a huge sacrifice for your family to take the time to <laughs> homeschool. Well, yeah. And then, you know, what's so funny is that it got to where, honestly, like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay. The beginning elementary stuff, like the three plus five is eight. I got that. Okay. Yeah. But now yeah. we're doing it got hard. And I was a coach. Like, that's all I got. Latin and Spanish and stuff. And I hadn't even done those as a second language. And I'm like trying to learn it to help them with it and it just got like over my head like the education part of it I'm like okay and y'all are past my pay grade I can't do this anymore (laughs) yeah yeah I know yeah and then what's funny is I think I sent them back literally it might have been one year they've been back in school when COVID hit which was I didn't put them back because I wasn't going to put them back until that fall which was right before COVID hit but they were frustrated. I was frustrated and it was around Christmas time. And I said, you know what, maybe we'll just go and put y'all back this spring, which ended up being the best thing because then they got in there and to try out for sports and stuff, stuff I wasn't even thinking about. You have to try out so far in advance and be in the program and all that. And so anyway, they went back that spring. So it had almost been a full year that they were back in school when COVID hit. I was like, no, (laughs) you're back. (laughs) What happened? But at least it wasn't in my hands then, you know, their, uh, their teaching was not, you know, uh, they had the teachers online, which was nice, but yeah, it's good times. Some of the best, you know, times. And it was, yes, definitely a sacrifice, but obviously totally worth it for, the you know bond too that my kids formed because they were just they were each other's like recess playmate out on the in the backyard you know or whatever and so they really you know were bonded I was it was so cute I I love that picture they sent us the other night we were up at the ranch taking care of stuff and I'm like where are y'all you know I haven't heard from you Canyon like where are y'all and they send a selfie all three of them are in our bed they're like we're just all together chilling in your bed we're gonna sleep in here tonight I'm like oh it was funny yeah warm my heart warm my mama's heart to to see that you know that they were comfortable to do that the two boys and the just girl fine. you know cozy. siblings right you know you yeah. see so many battles these days no bro that that's not it no you love and you take yeah. care and we're not being cool for our friends like no we've always said you're number you know your siblings are number one they're your best friends for life these are the ones that are constant they're always going to be here friends are going to come and go how many high school friends do you still talk to like maybe one or two yeah. and right now you think they're your whole life but these kit these brothers and sisters this is your whole life these yeah. are your friends for life yeah you know and it's just always important to me for them to want to be with each other and later on down life married and kids and be able to you know have family vacations together and like just to want to be with each other mm-hmm. first you know it was important to me all right here's my last question for y'all um because i could sit and visit with you all day this long. is fun i <laughs> love this great um i feel like we're in counseling it's awesome yeah <laughs> <laughs> can you draw a picture of your family now matt please <laughs> that's 
great. So, but okay, here's another counseling question for you because um, I love to learn all the time. So how's your faith impacted your, your marriage? I mean, you know, it's really rare that all, that we're all still married. And so it's 80% of pro athletes, they get divorced. That's really high. That's high. That's and I'm very not high. sure you've seen it. We've seen it. We're starting to see it. And so, um, I don't well, know any marriage tips. I just think that, um, too many people probably, and I don't, you know, just, I don't know. I don't want to pass judgment, but I'm just like, my number one thing is like having God first in your life. And, um, probably, you know, part of that percentage that you're talking about has to do with people that probably don't have faith in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I always say like, I don't know how people get through the world and through everyday life. Um, without having God in their life, without knowing Jesus as their savior and knowing that there's a reason that we're all here and um, that there's responsibility that comes with that. And that, you know, we, we have a place that we're going to and that God has a plan for our life here on earth, you know? And um, I guess just knowing that and putting that first and I have a strong peace, I guess, too, like, because of that and it just guides my days guides my relationships you know I try to put that as number one in my life I know we're not all perfect and it doesn't you know always happen the way you want it to be but just being that role model for my family and for my kids is you know what I just strive to be every day I'm like if I know my kids know Jesus and have him in his heart their heart like that's my number one goal in life is to lead them in that way, you know? So I don't know. And for our marriage, I mean, it's the same thing, you know, it's, um, we just talked about the other night, like the the 10 commandments, we're talking about like just different, you know, and it's like, we didn't, we only got to five and I was like, yeah, I can't name them. I'm like, Oh my God, there's no chance I can name five more. And I'm trying to figure them all out. And she looked them up and we were kind of just talking about, but it's, I didn't grow up you know, I had a divorced family, um, tick busy that way when mom's here, dad's here, and you know, they're fighting between them who's got custody. So I live with my aunt, you know, my aunt and uncle one year, and you know, dad lived in a tent one year, and he was going through weird times. But you know, I got he's been married six times, my dad, and five kids, three different marriages. So I have four steps and halves or whatever you want to call brothers and sisters and so there was just some busyness right i, I had six moms six stepmoms like that's six moms so I, I always joke about i'm like no yeah my stuff it's real i had six moms like one cool mom nope she was angry she hated me nope yeah so you had that but at the end of the day that's where i found happiness in beaumont and then i met gina and i knew i didn't want to be married six times so I knew I wanted to be married once. I wanted to have a family. I love family. I love the kids. I love the friends. I love, we love to entertain. And she is, you know, one of the best cooks in the world. So I said, babe, I mean, homemade tacos, when you guys come for whatever your next time, we're going to crush homemade tacos because she does it with love with the core tortillas, get a little fried in the, in the avocado oil. Yes. Yeah. So just stuff but when you're cooking and you have god and you you know she is truly the toughest of of us you know um and she's you know you got a sweet soul but she's got god in her heart and i didn't grow up around that as much as i wanted to i i had god and we just didn't go to church because i didn't you know i was half the time you're paying wait for your parents to get up to school you know walking home so there's some unorganized scenes but she's helped me with that that walk and you know i'm not a huge go to church every sunday that gets unorganized but that doesn't mean i have a relationship with god and when you said psalms you know earlier in this thing psalms 23 was you know i read every day in the big leagues and leon durham taught me that in 1993 with the saints mm-hmm. and josh booty his dad was a pastor you know uh and gave me my first bible and signed it and i carry with that and i've had it since 1997 and i carry that with me to this day but there's little things, you know, that she keeps that path on course, 
mm-hmm. and for the family and keeps us all kind of in that you know lane because you know it's guys and boys and we're a little stupid <laughs> and we get a little goofy you know get out of the tree son that can cost you six months from a broken no no i got that i got you know that's what we are boys right we're just kind of stupid you know get down when i do backflips off the off the dock when it's two feet of water right yeah so she she kind of she's kind of the the big dog of the family and i think once you understand that you're a team period every fight there's two sides every argument there's two sides as a dude you give in as a girl as as a woman you give in and we know when to pick our battles. I know when not to go 36 holes. I know when to get 18 and get back. <laughs> I, know when to, I know when to lie and say, all right, babe, I'm, uh, we're on the 14th. And really, we're going on our next nine. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's, there's stuff. Fibs. I'll call it fibs. Not lying. <laughs> and we said, thou are not lying. <laughs> Gosh. No, I just think that really in marriage, you know, um, it takes work. And people give up too easily. And, um you know, like it, it is one time and we made that commitment to each other. And we also have always made a big commitment in the very beginning. Like we never have threatened, you know, none of our fights are going to get to where we're going to threaten divorce. Like that's just, that word does not come out of our mouth. That's Mm -hmm. just off limits, you know? So there's things like that that are off limits and, you know, we know we're in this for the long haul. So how are we going to work it out? You just have to work through it and we're different people and you know different ideas and so you just have to figure out you know how to work it out and then also you know give grace and and show forgiveness and you know all the attributes that jesus has and what we're supposed to that's sometimes hard right it's hard yeah it's It's hard to forgive sometimes and i'm you know i get tough like somebody does something bad or something's right to your kid like no i'm gonna whittle up with him Uh -uh. no 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 never again nope it's like (laughs) jesus babe i mean Nope, that kid was bad. Nope, he got in trouble. It ain't done with my house. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like, no, you're right. Okay. okay. You know, so. Yeah, it is. It's a tough road. That's why it's narrow. All right. So it's yeah. called Table 40. We probably kind of addressed some of this, but Table 40. So I always ask people, if you're at a table tonight and you get to pick 10 or 12 guests to come, they can be past, current. Who is at the table, this ideal dinner, and what are y'all eating? Well, immediately, I'm going to answer the food question. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Yeah, go. I'm going homemade tacos immediately. Gina's cooking homemade tacos. And I'm telling you, I'm not bragging on this. It's only the how, fourth time y'all heard about it. Well, Holly, I'm telling you, you better grab all the people from Oklahoma. You better get the RV. What kind of, what kind of tacos are they? Are they beef or chicken? Beef. Ground beef, but you gotta make it with love. The pico de gallo is fresh tomatoes hammered down. She's got her guac going, doing the whole thing. And you count as cardio too, because if you're doing this 15 minutes, that counts as cardio. And she's slamming stuff. It's like ta 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 ta. So homemade tacos. If we're gonna be at home with the table, how many? How many we have? Whatever, whatever you want. You can bring six, ten, eight, whatever. Just can be past, present. We've had a lot of different groups. Yeah, this is that's a that's a great question because I think you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll do we'll do friends uh, like a friendsgiving we started for fun Thanksgiving like why do we always have to be around the crazy <laughs> random family member right let's just have Thanksgiving is around the friendsgiving so yeah. we did that for a year it was fun we had like whoever we had but. I'm trying to think out loud right now. Do you, do you, do you have any? Yeah. Okay, you go first. I'm going to let Gina go first here because that's a great well, question. Well, they said past and present. So the first thing I think of is my grandfather who Kevin never got to meet. Yes. Yes. And he was huge, you know, in my life. Um, so him, and I would love my grandma to be there too. You got to meet her, but. Yes. Grandma. Um probably my mom and my dad i don't know and then are we in your i mean yeah i mean if you're going family based no like and then you go to best friends um, (laughs) i mean yeah i mean papa dick his grandfather yeah 
we are very close to our grandfathers, each of each of us. And yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool thing, but yeah, thinking of that, I mean, Jesus, I, <laughs> Jesus be good. Head of the table. He's always at the head of the table. Bringing the wine. He's, yeah. he, he's the head, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to stick with some of the, the family members that really, you know, influence you. And obviously it's mom and dad. And, you know, you, you, I was very close to my grandfather. And so that's, uh, that's a big deal. And, you know, I, I, the kiddos, I mean, I want my kids there. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm, you know, sometimes guys try and get out of the way and get away from their kiddos. I, I'm all, I'm all in, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I just, I enjoy, I enjoy the time, you know, with them. So I'd probably sticking with the family side of it. We can, we, you know, that, that'd probably be it. And well, uncle Wayne, I mean, there's a lot he's of, there's a lot of coming in tonight. He's got his, uh, dad and two like, uncles coming in. One of his uncle played in the big leagues and his brother, and he hasn't seen them in a while. The, the uncles and, uh, Wayne cooking Norman. tacos. Guess yeah, what? That's awesome. that's that's awesome. that's going down. <laughs> he played for Tony Russo with the White Sox. Remember the flap in the short first time, the first time he managed the White Sox. That's that's exactly right. A long time ago. 70, 77 to 83. But yeah, so he I looked up to Uncle Wayne. That was like my 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 dad's sister's husband who was in the big league. So he was my like, yeah, you know, everybody's like, who is your favorite player? I'm like, I know it doesn't sound because people don't know. <laughs> I said Uncle Wayne, you know. It was his dad's sister's husband, husband but it was his best dad's best friend that married grade. the sister. And so these three have been best friends since they're great. So cool. Oh, cool. that's cool. Is that so cute? So they're all coming out here. Yeah. And, you know, we're going to take a golf and mom, mess around. And, uh, but yeah, that, so he's there too. They're there. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That's good. Well, this has been fun. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening to Table 40 with Matt and Leslie Holiday, part of the Sports Spectrum Podcast Network. For more stories on sports intersecting with faith, visit sportsspectrum.com.